The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another episode of Upon Further Review, brought to you by the good folks at Coors Light. And my friends, it feels like the calm before the proverbial football storm a little bit. The facility this week is quiet, it's tranquil, we're all kind of getting our minds right, because next week we are shipping off to Indianapolis for the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine. Again, I say it every single year, what offseason, but man, it's it's so much fun. Uh, those of you who listen to the show for a minute know the Combine is one of my favorite events that we do, uh, that we get to go to each year. I love the fact that it's in India. I love the fact that it's so easy to get around. I love the fact that we learn a ton. It is one of my favorites. I love it. I love it. I love it. Big shout out to Indy and big shout out to the Combine. Uh, But yeah, because of that, like I said, this week just kind of feels like we're getting our feet under us a little bit. We're looking ahead. We're planning. We're strategizing. We're doing all that good stuff before your uh, the front office, the coaching staff, and Silver and Black Productions ships off to Indianapolis next week for the Scouting Combine. More on that in just a little bit. But before we dive into the uh, dive into the next week content plan, before we look ahead to all the incredible things we're going to have cooking while we are in Nap Town, uh, we also this week. We're going to run back an interview with our guy Steve Weish from the NFL Network. We talked to him during uh, during Radio Row a few weeks back uh, here in Las Vegas. And, man, it was so good to hang out with Steve, man. I, I love Steve. I talk about it I, openly and honestly with him. One of my favorite dudes from the NFL Network, a guy who's just a wealth of knowledge, historically speaking, uh, you know, X's and O's. Like, Steve is just that dude, right? Huge fan of Steve. So very, very happy that we're going to bring that conversation with you. Uh, excuse me, bring that conversation to you here in just a few minutes. Uh, but some business to attend to. No transactions this week. I have a feeling we'll start rocking and rolling with that uh, in a little bit coming up here as uh, as we get closer and closer and closer to the start of the league year in March. But like I said, all eyes now are on Indianapolis. All eyes are on the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine. As I said, we are going to be there. Uh, so what can you expect from your pals at Silver and Black Productions? Well, it's going to be busy. It is a busy, busy week. As I said, it's one of my favorite weeks. But goodness gracious, we all, we got a lot going on. Uh, things to keep an eye on. Well, first and foremost, uh, we are very excited. If you subscribe to this pod feed, you saw the tease for First Stop Indie, uh, which is our, our limited series podcast that is back in a big way in 2024. Uh, really, as the title suggests, with a focus on all things Indianapolis. So 
What are we going to have next week? Well, we are going to hear from General Manager Tom Telesco. Uh, he, I, he's going to do a press conference, a national media press conference, right, that we see on the network. Uh, he'll go to the podium. Uh, I would assume he's probably going to make some time for the locals, uh, and I, I mean, fingers crossed, he's going to make some time for us as well. Uh, similar deal with Antonio Pierce. I don't know, as we sit here right now and record on a Thursday morning, I don't know what Antonio's full media schedule would be, uh, but I would, I would hope and, again, assume that he will make some time for uh, the good people here at Silver and Black Productions and any of our local media who makes the journey out to Cincinnati, or not Cincinnati, excuse me, Indianapolis. Uh, so, you know, really for us, we're going to talk to analysts, we're going to talk to the, the draft folks, we're going to get a better picture uh, of what the 2024 draft class is going to look like. But for us, when I go into the combine, right, outside of seeing all of our friends, outside of spending time uh, with the coach and the GM, like there are a few things that I want to come out of this week uh, with a better idea of. And really for us, I think it's a better understanding uh, of what Tom and AP are looking for in players, number one. That, that's kind of my main takeaway uh, or my main kind of mission, my number one thing on the to-do list. Because, look, you know, Tom has been here now for a little while, but really we've only spoken to him uh, in a substantive way that single time, uh, the day where Mark Davis announced him and Antonio were going to be the guys, uh, you know, kind of at the top of the uh, at the top of the elevator there for the silver and black. And, and so I think now that Tom has had, gosh, if I do my math right, like six weeks or so maybe uh, to kind of get his feet under him to kind of figure out this place, right, to, to kind of keep his head above water and figure out, OK, what are my what is my plan of attack? Like, I'm excited to see what he's looking for in terms of players. Right. And we're going to, you know, we've heard the, and not in a bad way, the cliche, the smart, tough, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is the kind of, t- you know, kind of individuals we want to build a team around. I get that. But now having a chance to kind of dive a little deeper, kind of scratch the surface and, and go a little deeper into the scouting abyss with Tom. Uh, and I think it'll be interesting, too, to kind of hear how the relationship between he and AP has grown and matured since they both, uh, you know, were given, you know, earned this job full time because we, we've heard about it a lot. You know, Tom and AP didn't have, and this is not a bad thing at all, they didn't know each other very well prior to the interview process, right? So these are two guys that are going to work hand in hand. They're going to be in lockstep as they lead the Raiders into 2024 and beyond. And as such, that relationship is going to grow. It is going to mature. It is going to evolve. I'm curious to hear from both of those guys uh, kind of the layers to which that has happened so far. And look, I don't think it's fair or reasonable to expect that they are in complete, full lockstep and completing each other's sentences after, uh, after less than a few months. But it'll be really interesting to see kind of in a football sense how they have kind of come together, how they have merged, how their ideas now are becoming one uh, and becoming, you know, really the the guiding light, the North Star for what the Raiders want to do in 2024 and beyond. So getting a chance to kind of hear some of those answers, to hear some of those questions uh, asked, I think will be really, really illuminating for all of us as we go through the process of the offseason beginning, as I said, in in Indianapolis. Uh, And the other thing, right, quarterbacks, baby, this is what we wanted. You know, we knew it was (laughs) coming. Excuse me. We knew it was coming. We knew uh, that this week was circled on the calendar. We were going to hear and see, uh, you know, all of these, you know, incoming uh, high-profile quarterbacks throw and, and do their thing, and who actually will throw remains to be seen. But, you know, we talk about the, you know, the I don't want to say the combine has changed, but I, I feel like it has shifted a little bit where, yes, it, it's, imp- you know, everyone wants to see how fast these guys are running, how many reps of 225 are they putting up. But really, 
I think the main purpose of the combine now in the best possible way is that it is a fact-finding mission. It is a opportunity for coaches, GMs, front offices, medical staffs to get a chance to learn a little bit more about these prospects. Because at the end of the day, there are going to be lots of jobs, Raiders and otherwise, that are tied to you know the success of these picks. And you have to do your due diligence. You have to do your homework and find out every little thing you can about these prospects before you ultimately turn in the card at 1-2, or in the case of the silver and black, number 13 overall. And the conversation starts and begins, as it always does, each and every single year with the quarterbacks. Who will, uh, who will put their best foot forward? Who is going to be the guy? And there's one guy every single year, without fail, that is going to rise up, 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 up the draft boards that we're going to say, hey, this is a guy, you know, going into the combine, we view as a maybe late in the first round kind of guy. And by the end of the week in Indianapolis, oh, don't be surprised if Player X is in the top 15. He interviewed awesomely, left a great impression on all the uh, the teams he met with. There are those guys, and it happens every single year. So I am excited to see who is that guy going to be. Is it going to be a quarterback? Is it going to be a wide receiver? Is it going to be someone that we don't, don't even have our eye on? It'll be really exciting to see. And uh, just before we uh, we head on over to our pal Steve Weiss and, and run that interview, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, friends of the program and honorary members of Silver and Black Productions, Bucky uh, Bucky Brooks and Rhett Lewis. They are cranking on the Raiders NFL Draft podcast right now. They are doing an incredible job. Really, just you know, we were talking about it in the studio there the other day. Season one of the show, which was last year, was awesome. It was, a, it was a big deal for all of us here internally to have that type of content hitting the pod feeds, to live on Raiders YouTube, to live on Raiders.com, right? We were stoked. They did an incredible job. They really did. Year two, season two, is even better. And, and I, I say that completely acknowledging my Raiders bias, but even if I take my, hat, my Raiders hat off for a second, just listening to the show and learning and getting their insight, these guys have taken it, taken it to another level. Uh, in season two. So last week they were looking at, at some of the top offensive prospects and naturally there was a lot of quarterback conversation. This week on their show, uh, they're lo- they switching sides of the ball and looking at some of the best defensive prospects. And really, I mean, I listened to the show earlier today before it went live and man, they do such a good job uh, of not only breaking down the guys that you need to know, but explaining why would this player make uh, make sense for the silver and black at 13? What would he mean to kind of the greater picture of a Raiders roster if this player were to be inserted into the mix? So, uh, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about Bucky and Rhett uh, and, and what they've brought to Silver and Black Productions. We will continue to talk about what they have done, man, because like I said, they have been crushing it. So I encourage you all to download, like, subscribe, all that good stuff for the Raiders NFL Draft Podcast. Bucky and Rhett doing their thing. And another great part about going to Indy, we are going to see our guys out uh, in Indiana, we are going to see Bucky and Red. They have some really good interviews, uh, conversations lined up already, so I cannot wait to see, one, them as human beings, but I can't really wait to see what their plan of attack is for the week uh, the week of the Combine in Indianapolis. Like I said, man, they've been crushing it. It's been so much fun to see them do their thing. Uh, and I think, you know, really at the end of the day, as the goal always is, they have made us smarter. They have made the fan base smarter, they have made me smarter, and they've given us a lot of guys to keep an eye on as we progress through the offseason and as we progress through hashtag draft season. But speaking of guys that make us smarter all the time, speaking of guys that are just a joy to be around, uh, just have such an incredible energy and incredible spirit, uh, and are just good dudes, fun guys to hang out with. Steve Weiss at the top of that list. And my goodness, it was good to see Steve, one of the best-dressed men 
in professional sports at Radio Row at the Mandalay Bay a few weeks back. Uh, and we hit, we hit on a lot of stuff with Steve. Obviously, we talked about uh, what Vegas is going to, you know, what the Super Bowl experience means for the city of Las Vegas, what that means for the league. And then we look at, you know, obviously at Antonio, the current iteration of the silver and black and what they need to do to become real contenders, not only in this division, but in the AFC as a whole. So without further ado, enjoy our conversation with, I will admit it, one of my favorite guys from the NFL Network, Steve Weish. Steve, it's so good to see you, man. And you and I were talking a second ago that, you know, when you're the host team, you have these host duties, right? And everyone asks you where to go to restaurants and, hey, do I take this road or that road? But uh, how has it been for you? We're getting later into the week. How has Vegas treated you thus far, my friend? I mean, look, it's, it's great. You know, I, I love coming to Vegas. I love dealing with the Raiders. I was telling you my father is like the biggest Raiders fan going back to the Snake and Cliff Branch and Dave Casper. So it's good. But I mean, like, you being the host city, I mean, that's like having a destination wedding where everyone's coming in and, like you said, asking you everything. So you have this burden, and you guys are upholding the duty well. Well done. Well, thank you. I mean, it's the, it's the least we can do. But, you know, <laughs> I, I was thinking we've had, we've had an opportunity to talk to so many people just about Vegas mm-hmm. this week. And, and I think one thing that's really stuck with me is there's been this constant theme of there's a, a bit of a surprise in a positive way about how Vegas, the, the perception of Vegas has changed in less than a decade. Yeah. Are, are you surprised from your position at the network how quickly it feels like Vegas, the league has opened its arms to Vegas, Vegas has opened their arms right back? Um, absolutely to some degree, you know, when, when the whole anti-gambling, gambling standpoint. In terms of the city, though, like who puts on the big event better than Vegas, right? That's why so many conventions come here, so many big concerts and things like It's been the history of the city. And the fact that it's shown that it can have the Formula One races, that it can have the NBA All-Star Game, and now the Super Bowl. And it's going to be great. When this is all said and done, everyone's going to talk about how great of a job um, that the city did, that the state of Nevada did. I mean, I, I'm sure this will be part of the rotation, so to speak, when it comes back to having another Super Bowl. Yeah, and we're, we're hoping for that. And it's been really cool for us to kind of see the city of, of Las Vegas, the people of Southern Nevada, the people of the state of Nevada, kind of get their moment in the sun and yeah. show off their civic pride. It's, it's been a blast. But, you know, going back to this year, Steve, and you and I joke all the time, the silver and black, we are never boring, right? We no. stay in the news. We have much yes. to talk about. Uh, Antonio Pierce gets the interim tag taken off. And, and really for us, it felt like there was a, uh, the November, or excuse me, the pre-November one version of the Raiders and then the post-November one version of the Raiders. Uh, and when Antonio came in and he changed the vibe in that locker room. He got all these guys pulling in the same direction. From your perspective, what did he do that ultimately worked for the Silver and Black? I I think he let the players be the players. And this is like when you hear people talk about Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs, his sustaining philosophy is I'm going to treat you like a man until you make me not be able to do that. And I think that's what Antonio did. He's a former player. He understands how these guys feel and he let them be themselves. And that, you could see it on the field, how much fun they were having. Um, you saw the post-game stuff, the smoke and the cigars, him screaming Raiders. Now the thing is going to be sustaining that. Okay, we've seen in any sport when an assistant coach takes over, the assistant coach is closer to the players. There's far more interaction between players and assistant coach than players and head coach. And now that CEO element has to come in where you're overseeing everything, where you have to make tough decisions where you have to hurt feelings and speak to players sometimes in ways you didn't have to before. If he can keep that balance of delegating coaching, right? He's talked about Patrick Graham and Luke Getze and let them do their thing, but also coach his coaches, coach his coaches, hold them accountable in ways where players see, okay, we're all on the same level. I think it's going to be continued success 
you know, especially when you have a guy like Max Crosby say, it's got to be AP or I want out. You know, and it's so interesting to you, you bring up Max and kind of his vocal support of AP, and Max certainly was not the only one, maybe the loudest, biggest, most important voice in that conversation. But, you know, what does it say about Mark Davis, you know, kind of hearing the heartbeat of that team, hearing the heartbeat of that locker room and saying, hey, if my guys, if 1-53 to want this guy to be the guy, I kind of got to hold up my end of the bargain and make sure that he's in position to do that. It says a lot, but there's always a trap door to that. Again, I've covered sports long enough to know that if players really like a guy then that's it, it's you know again when you when that guy's got to make that tough decision they can turn real quick they can turn so fast on that guy like, hey, i thought we were good now you're benching me now you're putting this dude in over me or why is this guy doing that and then all of a sudden hey that too close for comfort relationship all of a sudden becomes uncomfortable so the fact that mark davis had a read on his team and said, okay, great, we're going to give AP the shot because I think he does have that respect as a former player and a damn good one who was a middle linebacker, who was the captain of a great Giants team, you know, with Strahan, with OC, with guys like that. That's, I think that speaks volumes rather than starting over and bringing in from somebody outside the culture to try to kickstart it once again. And I think one thing that AP had going for him is over that last four or five weeks of the regular season, Steve, you know, he beat every team in the AFC West. Hard thing to do for anyone, especially an interim coach. But now going into 2024, we look at this division again. Jim Harbaugh's in town. Sean Payton, probably a new quarterback there. You know, Andy Reid, they're playing on Sunday. You know, what what do the Raiders have to do to make sure that the end of the season is not the end of the story, but really the beginning of of hopefully some sustained success for the Silver and Black? That's a great, great question. I think the first and most important thing is to continue playing defense the way they played. That was an issue early on, right, as people were still getting used to Patrick Graham's scheme and then the way they tightened it up. All season long we were talking about, oh, is that secondary going to be good? And look how they were playing at the end of the season. right. So if you can keep your defense intact, that's huge seeing you have three offensive coaches in the division. Right, get that defense going because Kansas City is now a defensive team. They're in the Super Bowl because of their defense. So get that going. Figure out what you're going to do at quarterback. I mean, that's that's the big thing. And once you do that, figure out what type of system you're going to run. But when AP said, I'm not stupid. I know who to get the ball to, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Now they got to get a Josh Jacobs situation taken care of. Um, but him having the feel is hugely important. But again, now, instead of riding on emotion and riding on that Raiders, now you've got to do 17 weeks of tactical planning. You've got to pre-plan all of that tactical stuff and how you are going to manage the cadence of all of it, right? And that's where Antonio and his experience as a player and as a head coach is really going to be challenged. And hopefully he's got some coaches on his staff saying, hey, let's, let's push the guys this way. You know, you feel me? We, we listen to you. Listen to us now, and let's continue to get this thing rolling. You know, one guy that Antonio has listened to for very good reason is, is Max Crosby and yes. understanding that Max is, is the face of this franchise, is the heartbeat of this franchise, is the spiritual, physical, whatever leader uh, of the guys in that locker room. And Max got a little bit of help this year, yep. which was nice. That was a big thing internally. We got to find a guy who can run with Max. You look at Malcolm Coons, a breakout season. How about that? I know, specifically when AP comes, uh, comes into the, uh, the big chair there. What does having Malcolm in the mix, playing at the level that he did, do for number nine? on the outside well I mean look every you know every Batman needs a Robin absolutely right every great pass rusher has had somebody 
to steer, steer someone his way. Think about Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis. You know, you think about some of the great tandems. It is hard for somebody to do that solo. Like, look at Aaron Donald this year when so many people left. And it took a while for those younger people to support the kingmaker. I call him the kingmaker because he's made a lot of people a lot of money. And that's where Max is. So now he's got some people. He's got some princes to help the king. And the fact that they feed off of him and they understand what he does well and they uplift him, he is going to reciprocate tenfold. If you think he plays hard and, and is successful now with all the moves and everything he continues to learn, he's going to keep getting better the more talent that comes on this team and the more points the offense can, can possibly score. That's important. A better version, a scarier version of Max Crosby is like unfathomable. It. And, and it's so crazy because every single year he gets better and yeah. better and better and adds more, uh, you know, more tools to the toolbox, so to speak. And uh, yeah, seeing what he's going to do in 2024 with a little bit of help, a few more points on offense is going to be a lot of fun. Well, hey, man, it was so good to see you. Every single yeah. time we get to hang out with you is a fantastic time. Enjoy Vegas. Yeah. Enjoy all the uh, the festivities. And we'll, we'll see you during the offseason, right? Yes, you Give will. Give me something to look forward to. A thousand percent. Can't okay. wait to see AP. Love it. My favorite guy from the network, Steve Weiss. Huge shout out to our guy Steve. Always, uh, like I said, always a pleasure to hang out with him and uh, and to learn a little bit along the way. But we got a lot cooking next week. I've, I've teased it a lot. I've talked about it a lot. We got a lot cooking. Uh, just a few business notes, a few housekeeping notes to get to before we get out of here. Make sure you guys all download uh, First Stop Indie. As I said, our limited series podcast about all things going on at the Combine. Keep an eye on Raiders.com, the pod feeds, the YouTube channel. We are going to be feeding the beast next week in Indy, and I cannot wait. It is going to be so much fun. So, yeah, make sure you uh, turn on the notifications, all that good stuff, because we are going to be cooking, cooking, cooking in Naptown, and I hope all of you come along for the adventure with us. But before we get out of here, before I pack my bags, we are out of here on Monday. Monday is the travel day, but before I do that, you know we got to crack an ice-cold bruchacho. And, man... Usually I like to uh, to crack a cold one in celebration, right? You know, I, I like to honor someone, give a little shine to someone who, uh, you know, deserves it, right? Whether it's someone in, in you know, in, in the world who's done an incredible feat or someone who's had an incredible accomplishment, someone who has done something awesome, a group of folks that have done something awesome. Well, this week I want to kind of offer up a, a, a brewski for a guy who I think just, I think he had a tough day yesterday. Uh, as our resident soccer guy, I like to stay, obviously, in lockstep with the beautiful game. And there was a highlight that came out yesterday that was awesome, but there was one man who probably did not think it was that awesome. Uh, Andrew Brady plays for Real Salt Lake, and you will recognize, perhaps not his name, but you will recognize his likeness because yesterday, during the season opener between Inter-Miami, uh, Lionel Messi's team, uh, and Real Salt Lake, who Mr. Brady plays for, there was a highlight in which Andrew Brady goes down. He is laying on the ground, on the turf, if you will, and uh, Messi, in perhaps the most disrespectful thing I have seen in sports in quite some time, uh, is dribbling in the box and then just chips the ball over Mr. Brady's limp body because he had places to be. Humiliating. Uh, brings back the, uh, you know, the images of, of poor Ty Lue getting stepped over. I mean, it was just, uh, it was tough to see. Awesome to see because Messi is truly a magician and the fact that he has the ability to do that literally on a dime uh, and keep you know, uh, operating in a small space as he was, awesome, incredible. 
But poor Andrew Brady. And on top of that, man, they lost the game. They lost the game 2-0 to, to Messi and the boys. That's a tough way to start the season, man. That's a tough way to go. You, you've been counting down for weeks and weeks and weeks for, for opening night. And then you wake up uh, the next day and you're just you're just meme to high heaven because Messi just did something incredible over your lifeless form. Andrew Brady, man, I'm thinking of you, brother. And, uh, and this cold one's for you because I have a feeling you need it. So, Andrew Brady... Uh, Best of luck the rest of the year. Uh, you know, obviously, as our resident soccer guy, I will be keeping a close eye on all things beautiful game related. But uh, yeah, man, this one's uh, Andrew Brady. This one's for you. And on that note, we're getting out of here. As I said, we are shipping out to Indianapolis early next week. We are going to have you covered every single which way from Raiders.com, Silver and Black Productions, Boots on the Ground. We will be there starting on Monday. So again, I know I've said it a lot. Keep it locked in on Raiders.com, on the pod feeds, on Raiders YouTube. We are going to be feeding the beast in a big, big way, and I cannot wait. So... For Eddie Pascal, our guest this week, Steve Weish, and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions. Uh, as I said, we are taking the show on the road next week. Make sure you're locked in with us. And thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. And we will see you guys same time, different place, for our next episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network.